Welcome to The Road to Unistoten, a documentary produced at CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Hi, I'm Liz MacArthur. In July 2014, I got on a converted school bus with a group of activists to travel 1,200 kilometers from Victoria, B.C. to the Unistoten Pipeline Blockade in northern B.C. near Houston. These are the interviews and sounds of the journey. I haven't even been inside yet, no. Oh, okay, well... Do you want to maybe describe a bit of this for us? Yeah, Volunteers work throughout the week on the new bunkhouse. Construction has started on it in May. Dave Ages was overseeing volunteers who were finishing up the structure. Yeah, so starting at the beginning, um, I was up here in February of this year and had a discussion with Frida and Togestai, uh, along with some other people, and... um, what they told us was that in terms of building things, the thing they really needed was a secure, insulated bunkhouse so that people could be here 12 months a year with some comfort and uh, security. And uh, so thus hatched a plan to build this bunkhouse. And a number of people were involved um, over several months in designing it and figuring out the materials and that kind of thing. And uh, then we started work on this in May. Uh, There have been a lot of people work on this bunkhouse, probably 40 or 50 different people. And I would say half of them had never set foot on a construction site before. And of the rest of them... um, very limited construction skills, the odd person with some experience, but um, mostly uh, essentially complete neophytes. Um, but notwithstanding that, we've been able to do this. Um, in May, we had 12 days of construction, uh, and uh, we're able to basically do this um, in 12 days. And then we're finishing it off now here at the Action Camp in July. Uh, Very briefly, the construction process was to put in uh, proper northern footings. So the footings go um, five and a half feet into the ground. They are precast concrete footings. Um, And then there are beams, and then the floor sits on joists on those beams. The floor was built upside down so that it could be protected with sheathing on the underside. Um, It's fully insulated. Um, The floor was then flipped over in sections and attached and then standard framing for the building. The idea of this building is to be uh, warm and flexible. So you'll see there's a minimum of windows, um, one on each end upstairs for ventilation and uh, egress in an emergency, and then two on the main floor uh, essentially for the safe purpose. Um, There are two lofts, each one about 12 feet by 14 feet, um, where there will be complete flexibility about uh, sleeping arrangements up there, depending on how many people there are. On the main floor, there are five bunk spaces. Um, Three of them will have um, single bunks. And two of them will have queen-sized bunks on the lower and singles on top. And that is so that um, any elders who come 
who um, are not able to get up uh, to the loft would have a, the option of a queen-size bed mm -hmm. um, to sleep on the main floor. Um, besides the um, five bunk spaces, there is uh, a common space where there'll be table and chairs, um, a shower and sink room, and then there's the wood stove and drying area. Um, you'll notice over here, one of the things I like to point out is that there is an airlock entrance. So there's a double door here, um, which creates approximately R12. This will be closed in. So this is a very highly insulated door space. But on top of that, um, this is an airlock so that um, um, the idea is that the outside door is closed before the inside door is open so we don't get big rushes of freezing air when it's 35 below in the middle of winter up here. Mm -hmm. um, and other than that, the other thing I would mention is that uh, we have built this to code mm -hmm. um, in every way. It's an incredibly sturdy building and highly insulated and we've designated this as the signature post so many of the people who worked on the project have signed or made statements on this post mm -hmm. so this is yeah, it's cool. a very honored thing um, we may have to designate this other post as a signature post pretty soon <laughs> too uh, we're running out of room when do you hope people will be able to use the, the bunkhouse next week uh, I'm here till probably Monday or Tuesday, so another four or five days, I guess. And um, I'm hoping it will all be done by then, or virtually all done. Uh, we've got a lot of really good people working on the site right now. Uh, the wood stove's being installed today. Uh, the loft should be finished today. Um, we're starting to build the bunks. There's a little more painting to do. Uh, with enough hands um, and a little bit of luck, we should be done. Um, have you been involved uh, long-term with the Unistoten camp up here, or is this what, your first time coming up here? Um, this is my first direct involvement starting in, in um, let's say, the beginning of this year uh, with the Unistoten camp. Um, I've certainly been involved in other things over my lifetime, but with the Unistoten camp, yes, mm -hmm. just this year. Mm -hmm. What changed or, or got you directly involved up here? What was sort of the thing that got you to come up here? I guess the easiest answer would be to say my brother, okay. uh, Bob Ages. Um, he uh, gave me a call back in the early part of the year and said that uh, he understood that they needed supplies up here and would I be interested in coming up and helping deliver the supplies. And um, so we did that. Um, he lives in the city, in, uh, in Ladner. I live on Galliano Island. We put the word around just very informally back in uh, January to people on the island um, that we were doing a run-up here to bring supplies and uh, money. Mm -hmm. And in the space of um, a week, we raised uh, close to $5,000, most of it on Galliano, plus um, an incredible array of 
food. Uh, our local lumber yard donated uh, a whole bunch of tools uh, for free. Um, people came with fresh nettles they'd picked, which were very well received up here. Mm-hmm. It was spring in, on Galliano when we left. It was the deepest winter up here still. Um, I, we brought up a liter of Palestinian olive oil uh, mm-hmm. from a woman on Galliano who uh, distributes uh, olive oil on the island from Palestine. And that, of course, was very uh, um, well-received up here because they feel a very close affinity to the struggles of the Palestinian people mm-hmm. um, here at Unistoten Camp. Uh, we brought people's home canned goods and uh, dried goods and all that kind of thing. Uh, someone on the island donated his vehicle, uh, loaned his vehicle for us to bring everything up in. Um, and we were able to hand over a substantial amount of cash as well. Uh, and then we did it all over again um, in uh, May when we came up to build the bunkhouse, um, raised another several thousand dollars towards that. And then just in July, um, we had a meeting of, with Fried and Togestai on the island as part of their tour, and we raised another $5,000 to, um, uh, to bring up here, pay for materials, and to... Uh, give to them directly to support the costs of the camp. So, yeah. Volunteers like James had little experience but were learning on the job. I am building a landing and a three-step staircase for the uh, bunkhouse at Unistoten Camp. And what time did you start doing this today? Uh, About (laughs) 9.30. How long do you think you're going to be working on this project? Probably in tomorrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done construction before? Uh, just a lot of tree houses mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. And one recently. Is this your first time at the Unistoten camp? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my first time, yeah. What made you come up here? I've been uh, interested in indigenous struggle for uh, a couple of years now, and uh, this is one of the more escalated struggles going on on Turtle Island. And, uh, you know, the more uh, the more settlers that... You know, are coming to their senses and, and seeing that these are things that need to be supported and uh, need need time and energy. Um, and to do that, the more the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how far did you come? Where did you come from? I came from occupied Bellingham, occupied Lummi territory in so-called Bellingham, which is in northwest Washington. Yeah. How long are you going to stay for? Uh, the duration of the action camp. So it's like a seven-day action camp. So, yeah. so you're going back on the bus? I'm going to try to find a ride on the ride <laughs> board, but I think I'll end up going on the bus. Yeah. Right. You do not sound excited to get back on the bus. <laughs> it was uh, two and a half days in, in a vibrating uh, oven, mm-hmm. basically. So, yeah, no, I'm not excited. But, uh, you know, got to sacrifice <laughs> for the struggle. So, <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do when you get back home? Like, Have you learned stuff here that you're going to apply once you arrive back uh, home? Um. Yeah, I, d- I definitely have. I think um, I learned a lot about uh, just the the magnitude of um, the impacts of colonialism, and uh, you know, thinking from a settler's perspective, thinking uh, they've learned quite a bit about colonialism and the impacts. And then coming up here um, to this frontline community, it's uh, it's an experience I've never had before. Going back to my own community supporting an indigenous struggle there with the Lummies. 
They're involved in resistance to fossil fuel export terminal, the largest coal terminal in North America on their on their sacred burial grounds. I'll definitely be involved in supporting that, uh, doing whatever I can, whatever they need, whatever they need, um, and also raising awareness about this struggle here and hopefully. Uh, getting together some uh, energy to make some home canned goods to send up. Molly Jane had traveled from Minnesota to take part in the camp. Today we're working on staining the exterior walls. Mm -hmm. Have you stained wood before? Yes, I have lots of experience staining and painting. Yeah. Have you been working on the bunkhouse for uh, more than today? Yes, we worked on it yesterday as well, uh, installing some coat hangers and painting some interior walls. Mm -hmm. Do you have construction experience before? Uh, A little bit, uh, Mm -hmm. here and there. Uh, Nothing in a professional sense, but definitely uh, making do with what I had and improvised situations. Mm -hmm. What's it like working on a a crew here um, building the bunkhouse? It's refreshing in a way. It's uh, less patriarchal than other crews I've worked with, and um, I feel like it's for a purpose that's very meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, constructing some vanity thing for a millionaire. It's actually to lend capacity to some frontline resistors, and that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Have you been to the Unistone camp before? No, this is my first time. Mm-hmm. What made you come up here? Uh, I've been following the campaign for probably three years, and um, just being so compelled to act by having met Molly before uh, and getting the call out directly um, that this is the kind of support that they were looking for. Um, Is the camp what you expected when you got up here? I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if I would be accepted into their territories, first of all, and... um, I knew that I'd meet a lot of badasses who have been holding it down in their various struggles for liberation and for ecological purposes too. And I just, uh, I've been a part of action camps before, but nothing like this, nothing that's felt good. When you say that, do you mean the reasons that we're here or the people that are here? What do you mean with the difference in, like, uh, I guess, atmosphere or vibe? Everything um, from the atmosphere, the general attitude of respect the holding up of people of color and indigenous folks, um, taking leadership from them. Also, there seems to be lack of the heteropatriarchal values that I've met with in other camps. There's more of a purpose beyond um, just someone's personal being compelled, you know, from places of privilege to kind of as a hobby be active in those ways and more um, throwing down in solidarity in a a very real way. Thanks for listening to The Road to Unistoten. This documentary was made possible with support from CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Music comes from Tanya Tagak and Running Point. To find out more about the camp, visit unistotencamp.com. To find out more about CFUV, visit cfuv.uvic.ca.